0: Hey podcast listeners, I'm Gianna, I'm Chika, and we're We're the the hosts of Shoujo Shoujo Sunday. Sunday. Shoujo Sunday is a podcast about shoujo anime, which is Japanese animation with a focus on women. We aim to review and reflect on shoujo and shoujo adjacent properties that deserve more attention than what they currently receive. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, social media, and on our website, www.shoujosunday.com. Thanks. See you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dawn, and this month we have another short review episode. For those of you who might be newer to the podcast, a review episode is just my ultra-fancy name for a podcast episode that I record solo, where I go back and I revisit an older anime title that I haven't seen in years, take some notes on what I might remember about it, and then go rewatch it to see if I still feel the same way about it as I did back in the day, since, you know, as we get older, sometimes our tastes change, or we pick up on things we didn't notice before, all that kind of stuff. Simple, right? Anyway, I usually run my podcast in a schedule where I'll do two longer episodes with a guest where we go in-depth about something, and then one of these short review episodes to give myself a little bit of a break. I'm doing this shorter episode this month instead of a longer one because I've just been so busy. I didn't have enough time to dedicate to a full episode. But if this kind of episode isn't to your liking, don't worry. This isn't how every episode of the podcast goes, like I said. So once I'm done with all the stuff that has been keeping me super busy this month, I'll be back to a longer episode that I'll do with a guest to talk about a title or a topic, so please look forward to it. And with that out of the way, let's get on with the show. So recently, as part of my Twitch streamer anniversary, I decided to do a watch along with a title I literally have only watched once and haven't seen again in years. The Project Echo versus OVA. This two-part OVA was released originally in Japan as Project Eiko vs. Grayside and Blue Side, but was also released on one single DVD by Central Park Media back in the day as Uncivil Wars. <laughs> the OVA was also shown back-to-back in a TV movie-style edit on the Sci-Fi Channel's Saturday Anime block back in the mid-to-late 90s, which was how I actually saw it. Amazingly, someone had recorded this broadcast on VHS and uploaded it to the internet, which is how I decided to do the watch along, so folks could see how many of us older otaku had to watch our anime back in the day, edited for TV broadcasts, and chock full of a ton of wacky commercials. Since I only ever saw this OVA once this particular way, which was well over 20 years ago now, ew, I don't remember a ton of specifics about it. All I remembered was the very basics. This was basically a Project Aco AU, where Aco and Bco are space bounty hunters and end up by chance getting tied up into some drama with some space pirates who kidnap our hapless little Seiko, which leads to even more dangerous stakes along the way. The only other thing I remember about this OVA was that, originally, I kind of hated it. <laughs> I distinctly remember not caring for it after seeing it, and never seeking it out again. I just didn't think it held up in comparison to the original Project ACO film, which I really loved and, of course, still do. Though, now that it's been so long, I can't really recall any specifics on why I didn't like it. And considering that Discotek's fourth Project Echo Blu-ray came out recently, the franchise has been on my mind a lot. So that's why I thought, Now would be the perfect time to revisit it, especially in a fun sort of group rewatch way to see if I still didn't like it. (laughs) So will verses still make me feel gray and gloomy or will I finally see the light like a sunny blue day? (laughs) Okay, all right, that was stretching it. So bad jokes aside, let's give this OVA a second chance in this month's rewatch. sci-fi channel aired this ova series they just put both of the ovas together back to back presented as if it was a full-length movie which makes sense with the added commercials it made the showing about two hours and 30 minutes long they did this with multiple anime series throughout sci-fi channels saturday anime block history and while it was a great way to see anime without having to pay for the expensive vhs releases back then it wasn't without its flaws. I kind of talked about this in my last Saturday anime-specific episode where we watched the Green Legend Ran OVA, but as it was presented in a movie format, and it pretty much suffered from one of the same things. Since this was an OVA that was meant to be watched at least a little spaced out, the pacing isn't really made for watching all at once, so sometimes it seems to be moving extremely fast, and other times it feels like it's kind of dragging at points. But I might be getting ahead of myself. What about the story? <laughs> well, like I mentioned before, this is an AU, or that's Alternative Universe, for those of you not in the know, where a and B-Co aren't classmates battling each other for the friendship of c but are actually space bounty hunters and partners, who also happen to be roommates. (laughs) I don't know how I didn't see it the first time I watched it, but this gives the OVA a distinctly more dirty pair vibe than the original Project Aco. They end up getting roped into a job trying to rescue a poor little Seiko, who happens to be a lot younger in this version, which... I think fits really well as Seiko has always been a fairly childish, immature kind of character. And Seiko also, in this version at least, happens to be the daughter of a well-respected and very wealthy businessman. As we see that since Ako and Biko are basically living paycheck to paycheck in this version and they were already familiar with the baddies who kidnapped Seiko, they jump at the chance to take the job into their own hands with the high possibility of a hefty reward for Seiko's safe return. But what at first seemed like a pretty straightforward rescue operation soon gets a little more complicated when it turns out that the space pirate baddies, a giant strongwoman, and her himbo companion, were hired by a David Bowie labyrinth goblin king as villain by the name of Gale, who wants to use Seaco as the vessel for resurrecting an ancient evil by the name of, wait for it, Xena. <laughs> yep, Xena. You can't get more 90s than that, can you? Also, side note, I'm kind of disappointed that the guy reviving Xena was named Gale and not Gabby, but hey, what can you do? And as they say, wackiness ensues. In their pursuit of the space pirates, Eiko runs into a pint-sized galactic police officer named Maruten, who adds more exposition to the story as well as some more comic relief, as if we really need it anymore. While Eiko and Biko constantly fight like a married couple, we're treated to some fun and sometimes funny chase scenes, battles, and even some Star Wars references for good measure. While I wouldn't say that anything that goes on in this is super fresh or unique, at this point, this is the fifth, and I guess technically sixth, since it's two parts, anime in the Project Echo franchise. And at this point, if you know Project Echo, you already know what to expect and what you're in for with these characters. And that's definitely not a bad thing. Project Echo Versus kind of feels like meeting up with some of your old friends after not seeing them for quite some time. And you're looking forward to catching up with them because while they haven't changed all that much, they're doing something new. And you know what? You're happy for them. Personally, I do think it was a fun idea to make this OVA an AU kind of story, because it gave the staff a lot more room to play with new dynamics. While a lot of the same old fun Project Echo feeling is still there, it's fun to see Ako and Biko in a much different relationship than when we saw them in, say, the very first film. In fact, while I was watching this with the group, it was hard to deny that their partnership felt way more sapphic than I remembered, which really upped my enjoyment personally. And while Seiko is absolutely a central part of the story's plot, it feels like she's not in scenes as often as the other characters are. So if you're one of the many folks out there who weren't too into Project Aiko because you found Seiko to be too abrasively cheerful as a character, you might find this OVA a little easier to swallow. Unfortunately, while this is an OVA release, the quality of the animation is kind of all over the place. When it first starts, I'd say it has the look and feel of a decent 90s TV anime series. But it goes up and down. Some of the action sequences are done very well, with a lot of strength and energy you'd expect from a Project Eiko anime. The comedic and slapsticky bits are cute and cartoony without looking too sloppy for the most part. The new costumes for the girls are fun, especially Echo's, which has elements that scream Star Trek. I guess to balance out all of those Star Wars gags. But this OVA really never reached any of the animation heights that its predecessors did. Which is a little disappointing, but considering how much Project Echo we have, I can cut it a little slack. It's not ugly by a long shot, it's perfectly watchable and has its moments of cool animation cuts, but don't expect perfection here. There's a few things in the plot that didn't age super well, but since we're watching a TV edit, I think most of them were cut short or glossed over a bit. The big one being that we get a character having what was supposed to be a traumatic flashback when they found out that their mother was hiding being a sex worker from them. A very tired plot device, to be sure, but since this supposed flashback was supposed to be from an extremely distant past, where that kind of thing would have been heavily looked down on, it fits with the narrative. I can't remember if the uncut original version dwells on this more or not, but Either way, it's not too glaring at least, so for me personally, it wasn't a deal-breaker. And of course, since this was aired on TV in the 90s, this was the dubbed version, which was a 90s Ocean dub. This could be a major pro or a major con, depending on your tastes. (laughs) While there were tons of great actors in this dub, There were a few times I got a little nitpicky with pronunciation, specifically the fact that it didn't seem like Aiko could say the name Maruten correctly, no matter how many times she said it. She would always call him Maruten, which just (laughs) sounded extremely silly to me. Otherwise, I don't really have any major complaints with it. Though, since it is an Ocean dub done in Vancouver, Canada, we did all at one point laugh over how we should have made a counter for every time we heard a character say a very Canadian-sounding sorry. But again, that's not a complaint. That's just a fun addition to the experience. For the main cast of the dub, we have Terrell Rothery as Aiko. You might have heard her before as Aiko, in the previous Project ECHO sequels, as she took over for Stacy Gregg after the first Project ECHO dub, she was also Kodachi Kuno in the dub of Ranma one Half, and did a lot of cameos in 90s TV shows that geeks would know, like The X Files, the remake of The Outer Limits, and Stargate SG-1. Venus Terzo also reprised her role as Biko, similarly taking on the role after Denica Fairman. She's probably best known as the actress who played the female version of Ron Sao Tome in One Half, The Longest, playing her for the bulk of the series. She was also Malernia in the first dub of Escaflowne, Tiger in Saber Marionette J, and did many side characters in dubs for things like Ronin Warriors, Card Cardcaptors, Hamtaro, and tons of other Canadian dubbed cartoons like My Little Pony and the Barbie direct-to-video films. Kathy Wesseluk plays Seiko, as she too took on the role after Julia Brahms left after the first film. But you've most likely heard her as the voice of Shampoo in One Half, Dorothy in Gundam Wing, and the lead in Cyber 6. Though similarly to Venus Terzo, she's also been in heaps of Canadian dubbed cartoons, though fans would probably know her best as Spike in My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. And of course, I can't forget Paul Dobson as the villain Gale, as he's almost instantly recognizable from his roles like Vulcan in the first dub of Escaplonet, Haposai in Rama One Half, as well as Billy Kane and Howard in the Fatal Fury, the motion picture movie dub. Just these characters alone make the dub worth checking out if you consider yourself a fan of old dubs, especially Oceans. It's a lot of fun, even with my minor nitpicks, and full of charm and talent. The director of this OVA and one of its several writers was Katsuhiko Nishijima, who had previously written and directed the original Project Eiko film. He was also an animator on classics such as Gunbuster, the original Urusei Atsura, as well as the Dirty Pair OVA in film. Another of the writers was Yuji Kawahara, who did screenplays for the cat Nuku Nuku OVA, 801 TTS Airbats, and the Nadia The Secret of Blue Water film. Tomoko Kawasaki rounded out the screenwriters as she previously wrote for the other Project Eiko films, the Southern Cross TV series, and Mrs. Pepperpot. The music for this series had not one but two heavy hitters of anime music. The first being Kenji Kawai, whose work you've probably heard before in the original Ghost in the Shell film, One Half, Pat Labor, and many, many others. The second big-name musician we have on hand is Kohei Tanaka, who is well-known for his work on the original Gunbuster, the Sakura Wars franchise, Dirty Pair, and again, many, many others. While I wouldn't say their work on it makes the soundtrack absolutely incredible or earth-shaking, but it has great energy and fits really well with the whole vibe of the OVA. One of the main animation directors for the OVA was Hideyuki Motahashi, who was also an animation director on City Hunter 2 and 3, the God Mars film and the Fushigi Yugi TV and OVA series. Mech design and mechanical animation director was Takashi Hashimoto, who was also a key animator on things like Angel Cop, Armitage III, the original Bubblegum Crisis OVA, Giant Robo, and tons more. You might remember that I mentioned I did a big group watch of this from an old 90s recording, and wondering how I got away with something like that. Well, here's the thing. This OVA is currently out of print at the moment, and from what Discotech has hinted at from when folks asked them about the possibility of licensing this Project Echo as well, it seems to be currently being held back from getting licensed due to some seemingly messy rights-related stuff. Which is unfortunate, as that one title is currently the last Project Ego thing out there left to be picked up again. It's also unfortunate because, honestly, I was surprised at how much fun I had revisiting this OVA. I think that I was way too harsh on it when I originally watched it back in the day, wishing it was more like its original predecessor rather than appreciating it on its own merits. It doesn't reinvent the wheel or anything, but it gives us a new and fun little adventure with characters we're familiar with and that we like. And I appreciate them trying out new things, given how long the franchise had been going at that point. There are some parts near the end that legitimately do feel like a little love letter to all the fans of Aco, which was both really fun and honestly kind of sweet it really gave me a nice little punch of nostalgia. I think it also helps that I watched this with a group of other like-minded fans, which, which admittedly probably added a lot more to my viewing experience and my enjoyment of it overall. If you like doing that kind of thing, even if it's through like Discord or similar online means, I think you'd be in for a fun time as well. But because this OVA is sadly out of print, the prices for the old release from Central Park Media fluctuates wildly sometimes. Currently, you can find it used for anywhere between $20 to over $50, to which I say, please don't pay that much for a copy if you really want to buy one. Since the DVD is pretty old, the picture quality is not much of a step up from the old VHS release. You'd almost be better off just waiting to see if DiscoTech ever does manage to rescue it somehow, and just find a digital copy online to watch in the meantime. So, I think it's obvious that I would highly recommend this fun and short little Aco OVA, especially if you've already seen any of the original films and enjoyed them. I'm not sure I'd recommend it as a starting point into the franchise, as it's technically an alternative universe kind of thing, but since it is a standalone story, I guess you could if you really wanted to. If you're a fan of things like the original Dirty Pair, the more comedic parts of Bubblegum Crisis, or even a deeper cut like Rumiko Takahashi's Maris the Kojo, you'd probably have fun with this OVA too. But if you're looking for something less silly that features cool ladies and space and or space pirates, you can't go wrong with stuff like Ixer-1, Dan Gaio, or the Queen Emeraldus OVA. And that about wraps it up for this short review episode on Project Eco Versus. Many thanks to those who left me tips this month on Kofi, including Galaxy Egg Toast, Odd Video, Duck Nuts, Bartman3010, Michael Constantine, Yoko Kins, and several listeners who wished to remain anonymous. Thanks, everyone. An especially big thank you to the Shoujo Sunday podcast who sponsored this episode. They're a fantastic shoujo-based podcast, so if you love your shoujo, definitely be sure to give them a try. And if you want to get a shout-out on the next episode of the podcast to be just as cool as they are... All you have to do is go to my Kofi account and leave me a tip of two or more coffees. I'll have a link to that in the show notes, which you can see at animenostalgia.blogspot.com as well as at animenostalgia.tumblr.com, where you can also find other relevant links for this episode as well as links to past episodes. You can also find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Just do a search for the Anime Nostalgia Podcast and you can usually find it. And while you're there, you could always show my podcast some love by leaving a little rating or a review. I always love seeing what people have to say about the podcast. Or if you want to send me your thoughts and comments directly, or you just want to say hi, you can always email me at nostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. It might take me a little while to get back to you, but I promise that I do read all the email that I get. My amazing theme song music was done by Carobit. You can find out more about them and their music at Carobit.net. That's K-E-R-O-B-I-T.net. As always, I have been your host Don, and I'll see you next time. home oh I'm completely exhausted good work Aiko uh leave your backpack because dinner's ready why don't you uh freshen up first really